These are the kinds of things that God does in a heart when God saves someone. He gives them a love, firstly, for himself. And through that, his word, prayer, others, and uh, versus a nominal Christian, it's, it's a take it or leave it faith. It's, I'll serve God as long as things are good. If not, uh, you know, I, I've got other options, whether they say that or not. So again, it's that attitude of the heart. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world, Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. One Little Candle is a member of the Christian Podcast Community, where you'll not only find great podcasts like this, but you'll also find great podcasts such as these. I think as parents, we assume that kids are going to just know the right way to do things. You have to train them by teaching them to do it over and over again until they actually get it. This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's Word? Me too. Hi, I'm Anthony Russo. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the Christian Podcast Community.org. So check it out at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Hi, how are you today? I hope today finds you doing well with all the craziness in the world that's going on right now. Um, I know we can start to feel really overwhelmed, but I want to share with you today a special guest. His name is Anthony Russo, and we're going to talk a little bit about his book called Jesus Changed Everything. I just got done reading the book not too long ago, and let me tell you, it's a great book. I cannot say enough good about it. And I really want to share this with you because I'd love to have you get this book into your hands because not only is it good for you if you are a Christian who is actively walking with the Lord, it's full of hope, it's full of encouragement, really causes us to pause and think, but it's also a wonderful book for the unbeliever. It is... It's got the gospel of Jesus Christ beautifully woven throughout it. And again, it causes the unbeliever as well to question um, things in their lives, what their beliefs are, what their thinking is, and their their future, their their eternal future. And it's also good for the nominal Christian, one who may be thinking that maybe they're okay with the Lord and that they're actively walking with the Lord. But truth be told, uh, we're easily deceived. I think in this area, our hearts are deceived. But truth be told, they're really not walking with the Lord as they should. And so they're really, well, 
missing out on a lot, right? When we're not walking with God, um, we're not close to him, abiding in him. It's reflected in our lives. It's reflected in our mindsets and in the way we, we handle um, anything that life throws our way. So yes, my guest today is Anthony Russo. We're going to talk about his book, Jesus Changed Everything. And I know you're going to enjoy it just as much as I did. So here we go. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to One Little Candle. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you. How are you doing today? I am, I am doing great. I am. Uh, it's been a it's been a good day. So yeah. good, good. I'm glad to hear it. We've had to put this interview off several times, and here we are finally able to do it. And I'm so happy to be able to introduce my listeners to you and your book. So the name of the book is Jesus Changed Everything. I have read the book, and of course, I loved it. Thank you. Um, it's definitely for me a reread. I want to go back through it again because there's a lot of just great stuff to absorb, and I want to make sure I do. You know, I want it to sink into my heart and my mind. And I did like the book for the fact that it really has, and you had said this, it, it does have a lot to offer for the non believer. As a matter of fact, I had shared with you, I purchased an extra copy to give to a close friend of ours who's a non believer. But also, this book is for what you've called the nominal Christian and the Christian who's actively walking with the Lord. So for me, this book, your book was an excellent reminder of who God is, who I am, and the amazing significance of what he's done. Because I feel like it gets lost sometimes in everyday life, especially if you've been a Christian for a long time. You can lose that. But reading the book like yours, again, it was just a reminder for me of all the things that I just kind of stuffed back in the recesses of my mind about God and, and what he's done and the changes that he has made in my life as well. What really jumped out at me, I guess, was where you said there's millions of people who have felt the effects of Jesus's life, right? Mm -hmm. and, and his ministry. But ironically, you say the vast majority of people they look everywhere else, um, anywhere else, really, <laughs> to find the answers that they need for life's problems, to help them with life's problems. And, you know, I was thinking it's not only true for the non-believer, but it's true for the believer. That's I think, true. I think oftentimes, I, I'm guilty of it myself, we find ourselves looking elsewhere. And, you know, and me, it's like, oh, well, geez, you know, I never did pray about this. <laughs> Hello, Rebecca, right. right? Like you automatically start to go to other things instead of God. So this book was fantastic for, for me personally to read. So my first question for you is, of course, what everybody usually probably asks you, what was your inspiration for this book? Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's, it's a great question. It's a great opening question. And first of all, thank you very much for, uh, your, your many, many kind words in that introduction. Um, I kind of feel like at that point, I, I wish we could just end the interview because anything I say is not going to be as good as what you just did. So, but thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but, you know, really, it, it ties in perfectly with the name of your podcast, really, right? One Little Candle. It's this idea. I, I just wanted to do something for Jesus. That is really what it comes down to. I work from home. Um, my background is is IT. Uh, I, I work from home. I don't frankly get out much on the weekends. I hang out with my wife, Sunday's church. I don't get to interact with the world 
as much as I used to, like when I was in the office. And so it, I don't get the opportunities for evangelism like I used to. And just those natural conversations that come up as you talk to people in the break room or wherever. So I wanted to do something evangelistic. And I thought, well, uh, let, let me try to put something together that's that's evangelistic. And if I could have an opportunity to sit down with and have a cup of coffee with someone, what would I want to say to them? And that's pretty much what the book is, what it's intended to be. is It's a, a just a conversation with someone about Jesus. So that's mm-hmm. that's really what the impetus for it was. That's a great way to look at that. And I never thought about looking at it like that. But when you sit down to write a book, if I were having a conversation with them and a cup of coffee, what would I say to them? That's that's perfect. So some of the things that jumped out at me as I was reading through the chapters of your book, one of the things was you talked about the contest of gods. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. And that comes from uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal in uh, in First Kings. And, you know, for those familiar with the story, you know that uh, Elijah challenges the, the prophets of the false god Baal uh, to really this, this contest there on the mountain of which god is going to set the sacrifice on fire. And for those not familiar with the story, uh, the false god obviously doesn't answer, uh, and the Lord does, in a, of course, in a powerful way. And really, I took that and made the point that even today, all of us uh, in, in the world here in the 21st century are in a contest of gods, that there are thousands and thousands of, of gods, you know, all, all these religions, all these ideas. And, and even if they're not a specifically religious idea, all these philosophies, all these ideologies, uh, and so many of them even in the headlines over the last few years. And over against all of those, is Jesus, is the one true God, is the God of the Bible. And so all of us are in this contest of gods where as we're navigating our way through life, we have to decide what God do we believe in? Because ultimately we all believe in some God, even if even if that God is ourselves and we, we're, we're humanist. That is a, in a sense, you are declaring you're a God. So all of us have to cast our vote, if you will. And uh, so that's really where that idea came from. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause it got, it got me examining myself, you know, what, what do I tend to, or tend to gravitate toward um, what has become my God unknowingly? Because so often I know Satan likes to deceive us and we don't realize that we, we have, we're putting other things up there equal with, or even before the Lord. Yeah. And, in and fact, again, true for an unbeliever, true for a believer. Yeah. In fact, you know, I, this isn't in the book, but this is just something that I've been thinking about the last few days is uh, the point where uh, Jacob brings his family uh, and to Bethel and he tells them, he tells his family to, to get rid of their gods and, you know, get rid of your gods because we're, we're going to meet the Lord. Um, and it's the same thing in our lives. The question is, what you know, or get rid of your idols, he says, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, it's the same thing in our lives. What are the idols in our own hearts? 
that that we have built that maybe we need to check and get rid of uh, mm-hmm. in our lives. So yeah, exactly. I think I think your application of that is is certainly valid, and it, it's great because it's one I hadn't considered in describing the contest of gods. But I like the way you you've applied it. Yeah. Well, sometimes I know our our idols can be things that are inherently good like a ministry, right? Doing something for God. But again, sometimes we put that above God and that's our only, our only focus instead of relying on God, we do it on our own, you know, we go off on our own. And so, but that really, that really struck me too. to really say, okay, what, what are some of the, my things that maybe I'm elevating too much? Um, You also mentioned sincerity versus truth. And I found that very interesting. Yeah. And, that one, again, let's go back to the headlines. Uh, there are, especially over the last couple of summers, uh, as we've seen people uh, involved in, in uh, Black Lives Matter and, and other things, uh, you know, even, even Antifa or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is, whether you agree with them or not, the sincerity that's there is, is obvious. I mean, these are people that, um, whatever someone's cause is, not just those two, but people can be sincere in whatever their beliefs are. And I don't mean just political beliefs. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about in the book, religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who are extremely devoted to their religions. When Martin Luther went to Rome and he saw the the faithful on their hands and knees uh, going up the steps and some of them, you know, their their knees were were bloodied or whatever. The devotion, the sincerity. But take that example. Uh, they're sincere, but they're not believing in the truth. And so you can be sincere, but you can be, as the old saying goes, you could be sincerely wrong. Correct. Um, yeah, and some people do believe that if they believe something with all their heart and they're sincere, that that's enough. And I think you told the story about the lady there who kind of pulled this interesting, I'll let the reader read it when they get your book, but that was, you know, pretty enlightening how she just basically pulled a belief out of thin air, something yeah, she herself yeah. made up, but she was sincere. And yeah. And for her, that, that was enough. Yeah. And I, I won't, I won't give it away, but yeah, yeah you're right. She, you know, <laughs> had this conversation and what, what do you think happens when you die? And her answer was astounding as you said i won't give it away but um and then to ask well where did you come up with that and she literally just said i i made it up but but she was serious and serious she wasn't just like kind of making a joke about it mm-hmm. uh, and it's just amazing what what people will will make up you yeah know? yeah absolutely and you know we're all on a quest for truth i don't care who you are we're on a quest for truth but you said something in your book when you said searching for the truth that the odds are against us. Why? Yeah, uh, great question. Part of it is if you think about it, if you really stop and think and say, okay, I have to decide what is true. What is true about life? But more, more specifically, what is true about eternity? And now imagine yourself standing there and in front of you is this vast horizon of ideas. Or as I say in the book, you know, this, this, these endless amounts of books uh, of, of what 
the truth is. Uh, and the odds are against you because you're not going to live long enough to find what the truth is if you're just constantly searching or, you know, even if, even to be able to evaluate everything and then pick one, mm-hmm. like pick the best answer. Well, I've read everything of these choices. This is the best answer. Yeah. This one sounds the best to me yeah. in my How opinion. Could, yeah, yeah. One, one, one person could never live long enough to find all that. Plus, mm-hmm. and I make this point in the book, what if it's not even in your language? Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Imagine the idea that for those of us say who speak English, the 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 truth, the eternal truth, the the, the secret of life, the meaning of life is uh, is in some some other language. Or what if it was in Middle English or some some language that nobody even uses anymore? Uh, it, you know, what, what if the uh, ancient Sumerians or whatever had it right? And, well, now it's lost to history. So you have all these choices, but obviously the the point is the truth is Jesus Christ. And if you even begin to scratch the surface of the truth claims about Christ, he stands out. He is unique among every other, every other option really Mm -hmm. in this world. Yeah. Someone had told me about the searching for the coin or something, Mm -hmm. all the, the, what was it? The, the fulfilled prophecies in the yeah. Bible? Or yeah, was, yeah. I, think that's I, I forget how that analogy, but yeah. when I heard it, it blew my mind. Um, yeah, I think it, it goes something like, uh, I think it was a Josh <laughs> McDowell kind of thing, where if you were to, the, the odds of fulfilling uh, the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, because again, some of them he had no, no control over, where mm-hmm. he was going to be born or when or what lineage and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the equivalent of the state of Texas filled, I don't know, one or three feet high with silver dollars. And then you have to find the one silver dollar that's painted red. Yeah. And, you know, all these prophecies come true. Um, That's, that's truth. You know, it's real, you know, it's genuine when -hmm. all these things have come true and they've been shown and proven to have come true. But I was thinking a lot about nominal Christians and you had said one of the types of people that your book would be helpful for is a nominal Christian. What would be some traits of a nominal Christian? And I ask this question because so often we don't realize in our, we become complacent Christians or people don't realize that if someone were to categorize them based on their beliefs or actions or inactions, they might be categorized as a nominal Christian where they're thinking to themselves, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm walking with the Lord. I'm, I'm okay. You know what I mean? Again, Mm -hmm. Satan really likes to deceive our hearts, but what would you categorize as a nominal Christian? What would be some of those traits? Yeah. Great, great question. Uh, You know, as a disclaimer, I, it's not that I'm getting down on people who are nominal Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you listening, the point is I was one for 20 years. I was one of those people that at 13, I walked an aisle, I prayed a prayer, I went forward and um, I was religious for a while. I got into my Bible a lot. And then for the next 20 years, I had this on again, off again, Christianity. uh, Me too. I get real religious and then I wouldn't. And yeah, you know it. (laughs) Yep. And, um, And it wasn't until 
2015 when when God saved me, and that's a, a whole other story. But uh, the the point is, I wasn't nominal anymore by His grace. And the the, the point is uh, that nominal Christians, you know, really uh, part of that is, well, I think back to what Peter says in in First Peter, and he and he talks about um, he uses the word precious, and uh, I think it's. I forget if it's, it's our faith that's precious or a Christ. And, and I forget kind of trying to do this from memory, but the point is, is Jesus precious to you? I mean, really precious. Do, do you treasure him? Um, a lot of people say they do, but is he, you know, my wife and I were having a conversation yesterday about Jerry Bridges, uh, the pursuit of godliness. And is godliness a pursuit for you? Um, do you force yourself on the days you don't want to get out of bed? Do you force yourself to get up early and spend time with the Lord before your day? Not in a legalistic way of I got to check this and do this. Mm-hmm. And I got to read X number of chapters and pray for 17 minutes. <laughs> um, but do you do it because, Lord, I am so dependent upon you. I know, like you said, Jesus, without me, you can do nothing. And Lord, without you, I can do nothing. And I've got this day ahead. I've got these, you know, these kids, a job or whatever. I need you. Uh, and I want to be in your word. I want to know you more. I want to be with you in prayer. These are the kinds of things that God does in a heart when God saves someone. He gives them a love, firstly, for himself. And through that, his word, prayer, others. And uh, versus a nominal Christian, it's it's a take it or leave it faith. It's I'll serve God as long as things are good. If not, uh, you know, I, I've got other options, whether they say that or not. So, again, it's that attitude of the heart. Um, do you love the Lord? Uh, really love him? Or are you just kind of in, in it for the bennies, you know, the, the benefits? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's a great way to explain that. Thank you. So you had said on the back of your book, I'm quoting what you said. You said, I'm not who I was. My life and my heart are completely different. Selfishness, guilt, and shame are replaced with a genuine love for God and people. Jesus changed my life. He can change yours too. Basically, you just kind of told me in the previous (laughs) comments, actually. how God has changed you, but are there other ways that God's changed you? Oh, sure. Yeah. How much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, first of all, uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to in heaven is hearing how God changed all these people that we're going to meet and that we're going to have fellowship with. I mean, all these testimonies, how God brought people out of darkness into uh, his marvelous light. And but for myself, it's true. I think back on my own life, those years of nominal Christianity, those years where I would, I would read my Bible, but then I'd, I'd curse or, you know, just do these external things, right? Um, but also, Jesus said, all those things come from your heart, ultimately. Yeah, there's just so many ways. I mean, impatience, looking to the Lord at, in in difficult moments, busy days, uh, 
pausing and saying, wait a minute, what are the promises of God in this moment? This is a, you know, this is a, a crazy moment, or this is a family tragedy moment, or this is you know, one of those moments that turn your world upside down. Where's my bearings? My, my bearings are in Christ. My bearings are in the word of God. God says, so those kinds of things, um, how I love my wife, what I do for my wife, how I live for my wife, for others, all those sorts of things, uh, taking the garbage out and I don't feel like it. You yeah. know? <laughs> uh, and again, none of that is perfect, right? Uh, there are days where you'd be ashamed to, to even know me if, if you saw my heart today, you know? Uh, but I think of what John said in first John, um, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him, uh, with one another. Um, and also the, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from, from all sin. And so really it is that idea of walking. Are you walking in the light? Uh, you're walking with Christ and he changes us. The Bible says it's not even that he, he he changes us, but then it also says we are a new creation. Like mm-hmm. we are radically changed. Uh, it's it's incredible what God does. As I'm listening to a lot of what you were mentioning, I think was just acknowledging God, right? Acknowledging mm-hmm. Him in the big and the small, in the everyday yeah. and mundane, and the good and the bad. And I'm I don't know. I'm thinking of in Romans one when God you know, gives people over to depraved minds, one of the things is that they, they don't acknowledge him. Right. Um, right. And that's true. That's true. When, when Jesus changes you, you do acknowledge him. You acknowledge him as Lord and savior as, um, yeah. as your guide, as your, uh, your protector, your, your refuge, your counselor, yeah. um, all, all those things. Yeah. In, you know, in everyday life. Yeah. when, the world doesn't like to talk about um, our being broken. It doesn't like this whole idea of dependence, especially here in America, right? Where mm-hmm. we like to think of ourselves as strong and independent and, and all that. Mm-hmm. The, the best place a person can be is to be broken by the Lord, to be humbled by God, to be in such, such dire straits in their life that nothing. They, they have no reserves in themselves. They have no family to draw on, no, no crutch to lean on, no nothing. And God brings them to a place of utter barrenness, destitute, broken. And in love, he does that so that they can come to the end of themselves and cry out to him. And, uh, and then he says, okay. Now we, we can get started. And, uh, and he lovingly, uh, Psalm 113, he, he picks us up from, he condescends. God condescends to reach down to pull us out of the ash heap, it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just marvelous. And then once he does that, you, you can't help but be grateful to the Lord for what he has done in your life. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, the ash heap, and there's the saying, yes. "Beauty from ashes." Um, and when you're saying this, you're answering one of the one of the biggest questions that people are always asking: Why does a good God allow bad things to happen? That's why. Yeah, yeah. You I uh, <laughs> I had a a professor in in seminary I, while I was working, and I got to do some seminary studies and whatever. Anyway, uh, I was a lousy Greek student, 
uh, we had this Greek boot camp, uh, New Testament Greek. For those who don't know, the New Testament is mostly written in an old style of Greek. Well, anyway, uh, we had a three-week boot camp, and I'm normally a pretty good student. Uh, and the first week, I got an A. Yay! Second week, I got an F. Uh, and the third week, you know, this is like pass or fail now, and there's no way I'm going to pass. And I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you want to talk about coming to the end of yourself. And uh, I asked my professor, well, why? why? Why is this happening? You know, and he just looked at me and he said, because God loves you. <laughs> you want to talk about an unsatisfying answer. Yeah, it wasn't, that wasn't what you were hoping to hear, was it? <laughs> but, but, you know, what? here it is all these years later, 10, 12 years later. He's right. Um, every time that God has ever brought me low in my life, it's because he loved me and because he wanted to show me something and, and make me depend on him more. And so, um, yeah. So anyway, when God brings you low, uh, worship, that's what Job did. Yes. Respond in worship. Absolutely. Yeah. So if someone were to ask you, um, why should I get your book, Anthony? What would you say to them? What would you say? Oh boy. Um, you know, it's funny because obviously there's uh, a bazillion other books I'd recommend. <laughs> but uh, got to do an elevator pitch here, right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, no, I would say because I wrote it for you. Hmm. I really did. I, I didn't know who you were when I was writing it, but I asked the Lord to please put this in people's hands, to please put this in somebody's hands. Who, who might be helped by it, who might um, appreciate what's in it. You know, it, the idea was that it's somewhere between a gospel tract, right? You yeah. give somebody a gospel tract mm -hmm. and, uh, and maybe somebody is beyond that and they're, they're willing to read the Bible and they are, they're, they're actively reading it, but maybe somebody's not quite there yet. So this book is really that in between. It is that longer conversation. It's not just the, you know, here's 300 words in a gospel tract. It's something more than that. So uh, I hope this is a really tall building because this elevator pitch just keeps on going. <laughs> I thought it was, I wrote it for you. Like that right there was like. Oh, so it should have just been like a, a two-story building. I love that. You know, <laughs> I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Well, then I'll shut up. <laughs> no, it was, it was, that was a great response. I don't think, I don't think if I was put on the spot, I would have responded. I don't know how I would have responded, but that, that was really good. I wrote it for you um, because there is a lot of heart in that book, Anthony. There's, there's no doubt when I, when I read it, it's um, definitely out of a passion for God, a love for God and a love for the reader. You, you, you get that when you read it. Praise God. That's you do. Wonderful. You do. That's most definitely you do. So where can people get this book? Well, uh, Amazon is the, the main place that people seem to like. So you can find it out there. Um, Barnes and Noble, a uh, few of the other Christian sites here and there. Um, anybody who uses smashwords.com, which is a popular ebook site. Uh, it's also there. Of course you can get it on Amazon as ebook as well. And, um, one of the other ideas I had about the book was as a, as a giveaway for churches. Um, so if anybody wanted to buy bulk copies, if, whether it's, you know, 
10 copies or, or whatever, um, they can go to jesuschangedeverythingbook.com and uh, there's opportunities there for, for bulk pricing. So We're going to do it as a family, my husband, son, and I. There's just the three of us at home now, but it's a great book to do a nice study with. Well, thank you. You know, for all of us, so we're, we plan on doing that as well. Um, where can they find you? They can find me at graceandpeaceradio.com. And that's what I was going to discuss next. I came to know you through Christian podcast community. Mm-hmm. I was blessed enough to be able to become a member. Very proud happy to, to have of, you. Proud to be part of that community. I really am. Um, tell people a little bit about Grace and Peace Radio. Yeah, thank you. So uh, Grace and Peace Radio is applying God's word to everyday life. That's what our little tagline is. And it started out as just me uh, back in, I don't know, January 2020. So pre-COVID. And again, that was also born out of the idea of, I just wanted to do something. I didn't have any evangelistic outlet. I thought, well, let me start a podcast. Mm -hmm. So quick parentheses. Hey, Christian. As you're listening to this, again, you're one little candle. What can you do? You want to mm-hmm. start a podcast? You want to write a book? What, what is your thing? You want to write mm-hmm. a song? Do, do do whatever it is that God has gifted you to to glorify him in this yeah. world. So that's that's my little plug for that. Absolutely. But uh, But yeah, so really, then it evolved to last year, my wife became my co-host. So Amy is on That's the show. That's awesome. Yeah, I like it that. It is. It's a lot of fun. And and yeah. so we we have these conversations about different topics uh, that apply to just everyday Christian life. It's all it's the stuff that all of us deal with. We did one recently on bitterness. We mm-hmm. did one recently on kind of like I just talked about. Uh, every Christian is in ministry. Mm-hmm. Every Christian. Yeah. So what can you be doing in ministry? Um, so different, different topics like that. We did one recently on what does it look like in the home for a wife to submit to her husband? I, I know that's a, a hot topic. Yeah. Um, so what yeah, does that pe- really people look hate like? That. They hate that when they hear that word and yeah. automatic turnoff because they, they picture the total wrong things. Mm-hmm. They don't understand yeah. the, the whole of it. Yeah. 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 And you know, one of the things we talk about is the fact that if you look at Ephesians five, where, where Paul talks about that, uh, he says once for wives to submit to their husbands, but I think it's like five times he stresses mm-hmm. that the husbands are to love their wives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the onus is on the men on a five to one ratio that we had better be loving leaders in the home. And so there's, there's a lot more to that, but anyway, so yeah, that's grace and peace radio. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's only about 25, 30 minutes. We try to make it, you know, pretty light, pretty fun. It's Uh, a great, it's a great podcast. Well, they'll hear the advertisement too for it on this episode too. So Um, is there anything else you want to say about your book or anything before we finish up? Mm, You know, really, I would just say, thank you. Uh, I would say thank you to, to you. Uh, for your your generosity in sharing your podcast and having me on to talk about the book and the podcast, uh, your generosity of your your listeners for for listening and spending the time with us, and then really uh, the generosity of those who may even be motivated to to pick up a copy. Um, may, may the Lord bless you with it. I hope that you enjoy it, and um, uh, you know my my hope is 
that one day uh, when I'm in heaven, someone will come up to me and say, your book helped. God used your book to plant a seed or whatever. And I'm here partly as a result of that. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's all him. It's all glory to him. He does it all. But um, I, I just hope that it, it helps people to know him more. And yeah, love him. I'm sure you're going to be hearing that, <laughs> but no, I, I understand what you're saying. It's it's just nice to to know that you were so blessed and fortunate enough to be able to be part of God's plan and and mm-hmm. help out in advancing His kingdom. And um, yeah, yeah, Anthony, I can't thank you enough. I will share the links to your podcast, to your books, you know, in the podcast description and on the website. And I. I was going to leave you a review and I promise I will be doing that because it deserves a good review. I will definitely get on there and do that. But thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your heart and talking about the book. Well, it's been a privilege. And again, thank you very, very much. It's always a great privilege to talk to you. You take care and you have a great day. You too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Well, thanks again to Anthony Russo for taking the time out of his busy schedule to come on and share with us about his book, Jesus Changed Everything. As he said, you can get the book on Amazon and several other places that he mentioned. I will have the links on my website, onelittlecandlepodcast.com. There's going to be a podcast guest page, and you will find Anthony there with all his information on how you can reach him. And as for me, you can follow me on Instagram at onelittlecandlepodcast as well as on Facebook at One Little Candle Podcast. So in light of what we heard from Anthony today and all about his book, how can you be that one little candle this week? Well, I'd say grab his book, right? (laughs) That goes without saying. But let's also, let's take the advice that um, Anthony gives in his book. Let's examine our beliefs and where they come from. What exactly do you believe in? Have you put your faith in Christ and Christ alone? Or are you leaning on other things? Is there a contest of God's in your own life? Is there something vying for God's attention, for your heart that has become an idol for you? It's always good for for us as believers to sit back and examine our lives once in a while, right? To really think about and pray about um, where our hearts are, because our hearts really can so easily deceive us into completely thinking one way when our lives are actually quite the opposite. And if there's someone you know who doesn't know Christ or who, well, maybe you see this is a nominal Christian, perhaps get them the book as a gift. My husband and I did that. We we bought a copy of Anthony's book and we gave it to a very dear friend of ours who is an unbeliever and who we've been trying to encourage and, and, you know, and guide her to Jesus Christ as the one to trust in, as the one to put her hope in, rather than the, the things that the world has to offer. So yes, be that one little candle. Get the book in the hands of someone who needs it. Get it into your own hands, because we can always use encouragement and guidance along this um, difficult, fraught with challenges, this journey that we call life. Okay, so I've got a great song to go along with today's episode and to further encourage you in your walk with Christ. And the name of the song is, surprise, surprise, Jesus Changed Everything. It's on YouTube. I will have the link to the song in my podcast description, as I always do. 
And the name of the artist, I can't pronounce it, it's Ernie Haas, Hase, H-A-A-S-E. Um, Ernie Haas and the Signature Sound <laughs> with the Thomas Road Baptist Church Choir, Orchestra, and Praise Team. It's a great song. I've, I've listened to it, and I think it's perfect to go along with what we heard today. Listen, if you need prayer, please reach out. Reach out on my website. Reach out over Instagram or Facebook. Any prayer request you may have for you or for someone else, um, we'd really like to carry you in prayer. And please pray, pray for Ukraine. As I'm finishing up um, getting this episode ready for release, it looks as though war on Ukraine, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine is imminent, and we really need to be upholding the citizens of Ukraine in prayer. I can't imagine what it must feel like. Um, not only, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ that are there, but also those that don't know Christ. Let's pray that this causes them to look up, to look up to Jesus, to look up to God for peace and for comfort and for hope, and that they just feel God's presence with them, no matter how dire their circumstances may become. Let's just pray, pray for that nation. But anyway, my fellow candles, until next week, you just take care and God bless.